0: Welcome back, everybody. This is Whenever We're Around, the podcast we do whenever we're around. And uh, today, again, we have the tried and true trio uh, who need no introduction. So we're not giving them any introduction. They're they're not worthy. (laughs) Yeah. He who who must not be named.
1: Yeah. I don't know, PJ. We might need to redo that one. You got pretty quiet. I, refuse. I don't know if you were like leaning back in your chair, but it was like, welcome back everybody. <laughs> wow. Pretty
0: quiet. You really bungled it. I'm joking. That it was, was great. I refuse. And, and this is us. Uh, Make sure to back put on you. your headphones to hear the whole intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And you have it just turned all the way up.
0: I thought it yeah. works better without headphones.
1: Maybe it works better without. I don't know. Make
0: sure you don't use your headphones. If you guys assume
1: that we listen to our own podcast to make sure the audio quality is good, then you're assuming a lot. (laughs) I mean, I do that sometimes. I've made it, the only one I listened to was the one that I wasn't in, and I've made it my goal to not listen to
0: another one. Well, that's the difference between you and me because I listen to them quite regularly.
1: They keep justice company.
0: Yeah. They're my only friends in this cruel, cold world. It's me, myself, and I.
1: And the Tried and True Trio. This is us
0: diving yeah, into Romans 6. Two, I guess. Um, yeah. Touch me.
1: You guys have any thoughts or, or events that happened with you guys before we dive into this? Anything, anything funny to share sure. with the group?
0: Well, we were talking about Tried and True Trio. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. We recorded this podcast episode. That was pretty cool. Kind of funny. Oh, we did. Uh, and ep-
1: when we were talking about Romans 5, we did do research. Justice had this thing that he introduced that he had a question for, and we didn't know uh, if it was or if it wasn't in the Bible. And we did find it. So, Justice, do you want to introduce and figure out what you discovered?
0: Oh, I haven't, I haven't concluded research on it yet. Well, Justice oh.
1: hasn't concluded research on it yet, so we'll bring that to you while Justice is still so researching
0: he,
1: as of right he now.
0: He can't do it on command.
1: Yeah, we can't do it when people are watching. So, alright, so I'm going to read all of Romans 6, or am I going to read part of it?
0: <laughs> uh, read part of it.
1: I'll read through 14. Once we get to 14, we'll switch readers so I can breathe.
0: Why would you do that?
1: I don't know. What do you right. mean by that? <laughs> Romans chapter six, starting at verse one. Obviously, what shall we say then? Are we to continue to to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into G- Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him in, by baptism into death.
0: Yay!
1: And then verse fifteen through the end.
0: The end.
1: I can keep reading if you guys want. It's up to you. I don't care. This All right.
0: Not caring.
1: Well, in verse fifteen, what then are we to sin? Because we are not under law, but under grace. By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification for when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed for the end of those things is death. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's Romans 6. So fire. What do you guys have for the first part?
0: Fire away. Good talk. Let me get get in here. Let's see. First of all, um, Mm. Romans
1: 6, 1 through 4, I talked about, I left it kind of on a cliffhanger last podcast about how uh, something will be addressed in this podcast. And that's because, first of all, I want you guys to realize when they wrote these, there was never chapter titles. So we see these divisions, but we got to realize these were written as one thing or as groups of like different pages of letters. We put them in chapters so that we can go through it easier. But there's not like a pause between chapter five, verse 21, and then like a year later, chapter six, verse one was written. These were all written at the same time with the intent to send the same kind of message. And if you remember in verse 21 of chapter five, it says that, so that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life. And before that it says, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. That was seen and he knew like it was known that that was going to cause an issue. So immediately in Romans six, one through four, It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. He immediately addresses that. Remember, just take away chapter titles in your mind or the chapters in your mind. Put them together. He's immediately addressing something. Because some people would take verse 20 where it says, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And they'd run with it. And they'd just say, oh, well, in order for grace to be seen more, let's just sin more. And he says, no, by no means. I think we've addressed that before on the podcast, but I wanted to bring that up again because it's important. A lot of people live that kind of a lifestyle where it's just like, I can still kind of do whatever I want. And he explains exactly why we shouldn't be like that anymore in this chapter, multiple times, actually. But yeah, I wanted to point that out right away.
0: Yeah. uh, Dang it. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly.
1: And once again, we're kind of brought into the situation of how in verse chapter uh, four, it was talking about Abraham and how Christ related to Abraham. Chapter five, it was talking about Adam and how Christ related to Adam. And this chapter, at least in the first part, before it starts talking about being a slave to sin, it's talking about us Christians and how we relate to Christ. Like it dives into that. Like it's not as easy to see as like, obviously, because he's straight up talking about Adam and Abraham before. But if you look at this, that's kind of the theme of these first couple of verses is com- how we are connected to Christ. So the same as since Adam was the first one to sin and Jesus was the first one to bring us out of sin, they have connection, things like that. So I think it's cool to look at this and they really do. Uh, Paul really does hammer in this idea of, You have given up death when Jesus gave up, when Jesus defeated death. You gave up sin when Jesus defeated death. it's said right here in verse 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. We too might walk in the newness of life. Which boom there he answers he shuts that argument down immediately, of let's sin a lot, so grace can be a lot. Yeah, it's,
0: you it's just it, essentially if you live like Jesus, you suffer like Jesus too, and uh, but you also, you know, receive the same rewards.
1: Or... Exactly, in Jesus we have the same eternal life that He has, and we kind of skimmed over it in the last one too, but it talked about how death can no longer hold Jesus again Mm -hmm. and that's it says it again here too yeah that's capital that's just reinstated here especially if we are in Jesus' death and his resurrection because if we share in his death and resurrection how could we not share in his eternal life I think that's awesome anything you guys got What? you guys got anything else the first four verses
0: I no. Oh, the first four.
1: Yeah, because that uh, was all from the first four.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I think you covered all of uh, that was needed to be covered in the first four. No, I got it. Not also, I forgot what I was going to say, so I don't even remember if I'm old, if I had anything. Yeah, just as Demetrio. Yeah.
1: I'll just be quiet. I'll just sit over here in the corner and be quiet.
0: Well, how about the next ones?
1: And the next ones are just more of the same of this idea of we we are one in Christ. Straight (laughs) up in verse 5, it says, For we have been united with him Mm -hmm. in a death like his. We shall certainly be united in a resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Yeah. And it's going to dive into that whole idea of being enslaved to sin in verse 15 on uh, which is what I quoted before on the podcast I think in chapter 1 of Romans. Mm-hmm. And once again in verse 7 we see this that we see the word one come up again before we mentioned in chapter 5 there was like 14 uh, mentions of the word "one" specifically, and it says, "For one who has died has been set free from sin." Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. So, really, cool. I like
0: how much they're they're talking about? There, he's like explaining exactly how God is in here. Because, I mean, the Roman pantheon, what they had, what they had going on in there, their their gods and stuff. There's a lot of... They're cheap knockoff gods. Yeah. That they stole from the Greeks. Like, they died sometimes, too. And they, like... So there's, like, a lot of weird things on how that worked, too. And how death was in the Roman pantheon and stuff like that. So he has to, like, basically re-explain all this stuff and give them a whole new... uh, A whole new idea of how things are. Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting there's a lot of uh terminology and stuff that we get from um actually from the greek language um in the bible like uh um they uh, um what we call or, or, or the word demon is derived from uh, uh another a greek word like daemon or whatever it's spelled like D A I M O N or something like that. I thought it was spelled D A E M O N. That's a different. That's a I mean, that's another derivative thing. Well, there you go. Um, it, that was. A, <laughs> I think that was the old English way of saying it. I could be wrong in that, but I know that was derived. Uh, all like demon, daemon, all that stuff is remi- r- r- derived from that original thing, and that yeah. and they use that word for basically they use that the same way. Um what is it the same way the hebrews used another word to describe um spiritual entities yeah. stuff that stuff that is more paranormal um, yeah so quote-unquote paranormal but like i think I forget which one it is but yeah um so it wasn't specifically talking always about bad evil spirits, but it was also it, but it was referred to it, any any whatever in their their weird pantheon or whatever. It wasn't
1: as specific as the word we
0: use now. Exactly.
1: A lot broader term, which is pretty common with a lot of words that we took like a lot of words that we took, we we simplified to meaning one thing when in reality the original at least concept that the original words covered was Sometimes had multiple words to describe, but we take just one word for, because we're lazy. Right. But, yeah. I, I like, like, the first 11 verses of this is kind of him hammering on kind of the silliness of this train of thought of sinning so that God can be seen more. Like, he's kind of calling it out as a kind of an idiotic thing, to be blunt, because it's this idea... Like why live like the one who Christ went to the cross to kill, which is the sinful you. Christians are dead to sin, literally said at the last of it. it. Says so you must also consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So why are you? Why are you living like the one that Jesus literally plowed through sin and death and everything to destroy? Yeah, like that's that'd be pretty foolish. And we see, but we see, we see that all over. Like we see plenty of people, especially Christians, and I'm not saying that they're not saved because of that, but it's just, and it looks silly. It just does. It's like, so you're going around and you have, you have this freedom that God gave you and you're choosing to continuously be bound up.
0: It makes, it makes us look hypocritical.
1: Exactly. And people say, well, it makes God look bad. It's like, no. (laughs) Let's get this straight here. God is God. If you understand God, you got it. You got to realize the nature of man. As of right now, we haven't had resurrected bodies, so we can still sin. It's making man look bad. You're just projecting something on God because man messes up, you know? People do that quite often. They just abandon like God as a concept, like God entirely, because of something someone did that was conflicting. And it's like if you know the Bible, you'll know that it'll tell you men will fail you, and you know that it'll tell you that men is inherently evil. So that would already give you the precept of knowing that God is different from that. God is everything but evil, and I think that 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 is something amazing. Like people say why does bad exist in the world? We're going to die or I'm just going to go straight into like the deepest question. If God's so good, why does there have to be bad? Like why or why did he create bad rather? And it's like, I... okay. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: are you, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I really despise this question because it's stupid if you if you know what you're talking about. Exactly. You you, t- you look
1: at bad or even actually let's let's say bad for what it is sin what is sin sin is the lack of god's presence or the lack of god you i can't thought that, i thought it was uh, uh, uh acting
0: outside of god's will
1: exactly the lack of god lack of righteousness unrighteousness that's what it is if god is completely righteousness and if god is good there's a bible verse that says only god is good then that just means that anything that is not of God and that is not good and righteousness is sin. You don't create that. That's just an opposite. That's the same as me standing outside my shadow being cast. Did I necessarily create that willingly? No. Did it happen? Yes. And people will run with that too, and they'll say, oh, God couldn't control sin. It's like, no, God is. this is a whole plan that God has completely orchestrated for his love to abound. And the question I most of the time pose back is, But how great is a God that can use what we consider all of this to be messed up to make it all right in the end and to make it all for his glory? How great is that? People miss that part. Mm-hmm. They forget that in the end, that everything will be made right. There will be nothing that will not have been properly dealt with at the end of time when God judges it. That's the reality of it. But people look past that and they just see their bummed out circumstance and they forget what we talked about in Romans 5 that struggle produces character and endurance and they just see that and then they just feel hopeless
0: yeah I think a lot, the, the nitty gritty of it is God doesn't need you he never has exactly, and never will but he cho- chose to save you give you a way out and he chose to include you in his kingdom
1: and religious people will get very upset about that statement I'm talking like legalistic people oh, and a lot of people because it, <laughs> it, it says you aren't as important, important, as you think you are, which as a human, like cut to the heart, like we always want to be important, you know, but it's like the only, only importance you have is because of God in you. And that's exactly what's being said here too. Yeah. He, He's bringing up that everything before Jesus killed on the cross, he defeated sin. He defeated every aspect of yourself before. And the only reason that you are have life and have this righteousness is because we can identify with him, which means the only things that make you now good is Jesus. Not you, not because you can memorize however many verses or not because you can dunk a basketball or, Shoot a 360 no scope or do whatever. It's none of that.
0: To it, I always like to say, uh, why, why does, you know, if God's so good, why does he let bad things happen? Be- it's more, it's because God gave us the choice of whether or not to do, you know, to follow him. Exactly if, he, if, we, did, if he, we didn't have that choice, then we'd, you know, we'd be you know, automatons, animals. Basically. And we're
1: going to get into that choice like going through like we already kind of read it, going through 12 down, talking about being slaves to or slaves to righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like that is blatantly showing that choice. And also showing the reality of someone who is in sin and the reality of someone who is not. Because you're, you're not, there's no middle ground. There. There's no you're saved, not saved, or kind of saved, you know? Some people kind of try to think that way. Like, oh, no, this, this, is, this doesn't pertain to me. But God or Paul here and God through Paul lays it out very clearly. There's those who are slaves to sin and those who are slaves to righteousness.
0: I... I, I, this is a personal thing and i don't i don't know and, it, it, and there's there could obviously be a, a, an easy explanation for it, but i don't like the ter- i don't like the terminology of like like obviously you know everybody everybody you know worships something in life that's kind of like human nature but uh like i don't know calling it calling people slaves to righteousness or slaves to God it, it it conjures up like sort of not really good connotations i understand where the what they're trying to um you know uh what picture they're trying to paint but in like when it comes to that kind of stuff because of the fact that we have the conscious choice to do it it's more like being a you know a servant than a slave which
1: if you read the okay i i we, i think we addressed this last time too i even found the Greek word that the he uses for slave here, and it is more of a bond servant. Okay, uh, yeah. The Greek, the Greek word here is doulos, and it means any person specifically and individually subject to another human being. Also, bond servant, bond servant, bond servants, bond slave, servitor, slave, slavery, slaves. Like you got to realize the context of the times. We have negatively charged the word slave completely. Because there is a definition of the word slave, and that's being bought, like property. Yeah. But first of all, you take this, and you, like, we've even said that God chooses us, okay? And Jesus paid the price. You take that thing all into, and both versions of the word slave work. Because the truth is, is at the end of the day, the only choice we really have is to decide God or not. And the only reason we have that choice is because Jesus paid a price to pave a way for that choice. Otherwise, we didn't have a choice. We were just slaves to sin in the most negative term possible. Like it's only he it's meant to be a negative thing, mm-hmm. at least in the slaves to sin part. Right. And in the slaves to righteousness, like we gotta realize that's not a bad thing either. Like we, we take the term dictator totally wrong because we've only known bad dictators. Well, I'm telling you, heaven is going to be a great dictatorship. Why? Because the dictator will be God and he will rule perfectly, perfectly, which is something we can't even like grasp. So, and it is, it is very negative charge, just like the word slave, but that's the reality of it in heaven, we will no longer have the capability to sin. That's what being a slave to righteousness looks like. That's what it looks like. You would no longer even have the choice to sin. It's taken away completely. I think that's more what he's talking about. In the end, you'll either have no choice but to sin or no choice but to be righteous. And I think that the word slavery totally fits in there. And it definitely gets the point across. Because it is, it is a very real, very hard thing but it's something that needs to be i think it's great to be addressed in this way
0: yeah i think yeah i think the the whole uh, being unable to sin thing it's um like i think some people would could argue like oh well if you're if you're unable to to choose to sin then you know doesn't that make you doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of you know but i think it's that it's harkens back to the whole idea of sin being like a a foreign concept um, yeah. within God's kingdom, within God's influence. Yeah. Like, it, it's not something... It is it is not of him. So, you know, it doesn't... Yeah. So, it, 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 so, obviously, you wouldn't be able to do it if you're within his kingdom because... Exactly.
1: Because you're in his presence constantly. Yeah. Exactly. How can... We take sin and we make it as like you said and we talked about before a created thing well if it's a created thing like it can be you know physical it can be in a place it can be whatever but if it is literally just the definition of godlessness that's a different story and that's what it is it's it's us making a conscious choice to be without god that's how it looks for us and that's how it looked for adam and that's how it looked for satan and it normally comes across as us wanting to be God. It's not necessarily us not wanting to be with God. It's us wanting to be God. And by default, we then separate ourselves from God. Yeah. Which will no longer be possible in the kingdom of heaven. And people get upset about that. It's like, well, won't you be like a robot? It's like, yes, please. I don't want to keep messing up like this. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, That cool. would be hell. <laughs> Yeah, having to live an eternity with the ability to still sin. That would be true hell.
0: Yeah, the whole having, like, the, like the whole argument of autonomy and all that stuff, it like, it, look how far it's gotten us now. Like, it's yeah. the human condition to sort of be afraid and constantly unsure of yourself and yeah, all this stuff. But, like, yeah, it, it's hard for us to, to imagine anything else.
1: Well, I don't blame you because how? We have never experienced that.
0: Exactly. All we've
1: been able to experience is life in complete sin and life with still the ability to sin, but in Christ. Those are all we, sin has always been a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's not something we can comprehend. However, it's, it's, it's simple. If God created us, he can create us without sin. That's just it. He created Smart. us, he created Adam originally without sin. He created the angels without sin until Satan, that's a whole thats a whole concept that is I'm not nearly smart enough to dive into, but how did Satan, like, first have the evil, have a first evil thought? Yeah. Like, that's not really addressed as much in people. That's a huge contention point. And, um, yeah, that, I'm not nearly smart enough to answer that one, or even, I don't know. I don't know. If I find an answer, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Yeah. So we got to look at what bad and good really are to answer that question of why do bad things happen or why would God allow bad things to happen? You have to really know what they are. Exactly. And if you're not getting it from a biblical source, it's not going to work for you. Then you will say that question, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would God do that? If you're not getting it from the Bible, it's going to lead you to that point. Which is why this is a, That's why we study this.
0: It's also why a lot of atheists typically use that as their um, their go to. Like, oh, if God's real, then why does he let bad things happen like that? And
1: it's funny because in an atheistic worldview, bad and good are not necessarily real things because we're all just creatures living. Exactly. They take that from the Bible. They say, well, if you guys believe in bad and good, they don't even believe in bad and good. But they say, if you believe in bad and good, how come God lets good bad exist? And it's like, well, how come you're taking concepts from the Bible? Yeah. Well, how would you deal with that? And they're like, well, we just don't have bad and good. And it's like, whoa, okay. So you're telling me anything I do is relatively neutral? And they're like, well, kind of. And then you dive into whole evolution. And a whole point of evolution is uh, the stronger survives, the weaker dies. Well, then we should all be running around, killing each other, and hope that the ultimate species arises up. And yeah, that's that's the end goal of evolution, summed up. So they they ask that question, and then they'll avoid that question of all right, what's the end goal of evolution?
0: So, well, uh, technically, I mean, not to not to be devil's advocate here, but. Uh, evolution's a bit more complex than that. It's not necessarily an end goal or anything.
1: It's- yeah, but evolution boomed after, guess what, Hitler. Why? Because a lot of those concepts are brought onto the table. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these scientists that brought like this age of trying to usher the Bible out of things and out of church and out of uh, schools and things like that, it happened around the same time that the Hitler ideology was kind of going around.
0: I thought that was Charles Darwin.
1: Charles Darwin introduced it, but Hitler took it to the next level. That's all his thing against the Jews was. He viewed the Jews as degenerates, that they were a lower evolved species, that they needed to be wiped out for the higher evolved species to come forth.
0: Yeah, his whole his whole shtick was uh, eugenics and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: which spurs from the evolution theory. Right. You heard
0: it first, folks. Charles Darwin did not invent evolution. It was Hitler.
1: No, Charles Darwin invented it. Hitler brought it big boom. Like he, he he was the big bang that brought it into popularity.
0: Yeah, but even even then, like nowadays, anyone who brings up eugenics is kinda unless they're like an edgy guy, it's kinda eugenics isn't really, you know, widely uh, believed to be.
1: Yeah, but biased. eugenics is an evolutionist theory.
0: Heard it first folks, Hitler is the next evolution.
1: No he well, Hitler was an evolutionist at the end of the day, he was
0: like he, he was... He didn't know what he wanted to be, because he was into a bunch of stuff. he was an evolutionist,
1: he was diving into ancient gods, whatever as well. he was diving into a lot a bunch of messed up crap. but at the end of the day, that was, his ideologies were pulled from that realm of thinking.
0: Yeah. I, I think uh, P.J said it, said it best, rude. Uh, the only thing hitler knew he wanted to be was an art student
1: yeah
0: well anyway let's get back to romans 6
1: <laughs> what yeah. do you guys what do you guys have from the last right, part about idea. slaves to righteousness
0: um ah, yes. Yes, yes. yes yes. ooh yes yes, yes, yes. Uh, again he's he's doing the same thing he did with uh The transition from Romans 5 to 6, he's uh, explaining away any misconceptions from the last bit about the, um, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. And again, he's putting away the thought of what then are you, are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace by no means. And... puts that down rather quickly. Although it, I, I, I I feel like I'm missing something in that one in regard to that one. Why? I because I can't I, I don't know, I can't see the the correlation like what you talking about. Uh are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? If you're um, under grace, why would because you? We're not under law, but under grace. It yeah, says by no, no means sin. after that. Yeah, I know, but like, why is he explaining that? Like, why would you sin because you're under grace? Well,
1: that's what he's saying. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, the, duh. <laughs> he's,
1: <laughs> he's saying, why <laughs> he would you sin? Front.
0: We're under grace. Because if you're on, that's basically okay. He's well, rea- no, he's reinstating
1: it. what he said in the first verses. Yeah, he's he's saying the same thing basically
0: just because he's covering for you doesn't mean you just keep going at the same way that you've been
1: yeah exactly just because grace takes care of sin doesn't mean that you need to keep sinning exactly got
0: to get out of jail free card
1: it's actually he says it i think what you're or at least in verse 14 you when you read it it says for sin will no longer have dominion over you okay there's this concept here we're going to dive into this idea of being slaves to righteousness or slaves to sin which we've already talked about but When you're a slave to sin, we already talked about this, you have no choice but to sin. So that even, like, things that you do with good intentions, they're still sin. You tracking with me or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you could donate to uh, great charity, and it could still be a sin. Why? Because it's probably drawing off of pride and people you wanting people to see you do a good thing. Nothing is neutral here. We—that's t- why I talked about before. There is no like middle ground where you're kind of saved or kind of not saved. Yeah, sin has no dominion over you anymore because you have been saved. You are the you—you you are not forced to only sin. So why keep sinning? That's what he's saying. Yeah. Before they had no choice,
0: and that's the point here.
1: Right before we start talking about slaves of righteousness and slaves of sin.
0: Yeah, I just confuse myself. Uh, That's all
1: right. We all do that. We all confuse ourselves and confuse you.
0: I just screwed myself. <laughs> anyway,
1: and also in verses twelve and thirteen, there's this point that like sin, sin wants something from you. Like let let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passions. That word passions, a passion is something that you really want really bad. Sin wants you to be in line with its passions. That's what it wants from you.
0: Look, man, bottom, the, 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 uh, the, the crux of it is uh, when it comes to satisfying, you know, sin or whatever, it's an impossible task. Exactly it's never, that, that hunger is never satisfied, never, never will be, no matter how much you gain, no matter what you do, it's never it's a void that will never be filled
1: and that's why I think the word slave works perfectly here because it's gonna try to make you try to fulfill its passions and you have no choice the same exact way that we would view a, a negative slave master forcing someone to do something that they maybe might not want to do, or it's something that they have to do. They have no choice. And the saddest part is, is when we're slaves to sin, it's not even that we don't want to sin. We want to. That's like hugely important. We want to sin. It's not until we have Jesus that we can say sin no longer has dominion over us because before there's nothing wrong with sin. It, 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 why would there be? It's our master. It's where we're identified with. If there's something wrong with it, then that means there's something wrong with me. And if there's something wrong with me, then that you know, world-ending moment. So, it's important to get that, that without Jesus, we not only enjoy sin, but we want to sin.
0: <clears throat> you guys have anything else or no? Uh, I think you heard it up. Pretty, uh, pretty. You hit the head on the nail. Pretty, pretty. All right. Well, let's dive into
1: the being slave to sin part because we've talked about it. Yeah. We have read it and broke it down more. What were you gonna say, Justice?
0: I didn't say anything.
1: Oh, I, th- I heard um right before I spoke.
0: That was PJ. Okay. You can't tell us the part. Yeah. No. <laughs> I like this part in seventeen. From seventeen to to eighteen here. It's uh, it harkens back to the. uh Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin became obedient at the heart, from the heart to the standard of teaching from which you were committed and having been free from, I guess it started further back, but uh, the uh, uh the whole. I, I'm not sure if it was, a, I don't remember exactly the parable or something, but I, it was when. Jesus was teaching and he was saying how a servant cannot have two masters. Mm-hmm. He's hugely hearkening back to that. Exactly.
1: Even in verse 16 where it says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. Neither of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness. And that all is also pointing to it's not about you. It sure. was never about you. It's whose slave you are. Yeah. Are you a slave to righteousness Who or slave serving? to sin? Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's
0: when it comes down to it, living—you know—living two separate lives like that is is more stressful than just going one road or the other.
1: Not only is it stressful, it's impossible. You can't. You can try, and it makes you look silly. It's it's what he's addressing there. He's saying why. Are you sinning when you know sin has no dominion over you? It makes you look like a floundering fish. You're meant to be in the water, but you're choosing to jump on land and flop around like you're a land animal.
0: And it makes you look fat in your pictures.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants that. And also, just let that sink in. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus, you are no longer a slave to sin. Like, you hear that in music all the time. You hear that. I think Satan throws a lot of phrases around that are good phrases, but he wants us to, like, get used to them so we forget the power of them. I think that's one of them. Because you are no longer a slave to sin. That's crazy.
0: Satan says a lot of things. I try not to pay attention to
1: him. But he (laughs) says a lot of things from scripture, and that's the scarier part.
0: Yeah, but he's also stupid and stinky. So.
1: Like almost everything we hear from Satan, as far as what he says, is he's using God's
0: words. Yeah,
1: which is a crazy thought.
0: Well, I mean, that's we kind of we're told to watch out for false, you know, false doctrine, false prophets, exactly kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and thank God, thank God that there is no going back to your old master. That was yep. a point too. Is there's no point where you can just be like, oh, I'm done. That's also the point. That's why he's saying you can't go back, so stop trying to be in sin. Because you, it's not gonna happen.
0: You may you may flounder, you may stumble, you may stray a bit, but you'll always find the path
1: again. Exactly. As much as you flounder on land, you're still a water-living fish. You're still a halibut. <laughs> it's not gonna change anymore. So <laughs>
0: Oh, look, I get, you, you keep, keep saying flounder, and so I keep thinking, I, I got a joke. Give me a second. You can okay. keep talking,
1: though. Oh, I like in verse 19, how he's, he, like, gets down on his knee. He's like, I. he, like, looks them in the eye. He's like, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, highlighted that verse, and I'm like, oh, that is great. That is fantastic. He's just like, this is the best way that I can describe it. And to be fair, this is a really good way to describe it. But I like how he still made that, like, there is, this is just, do you get it? Good. (laughs) He says, uh, because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. In other words, are you gonna do God's work while you're saved by God, or are you just gonna sit there? That's it. Are you going to do the work that you were incapable of doing before when you were a slave to sin? Or are you just gonna keep being all about you floundering? I'm keeping that word up so Justice gets his joke ready.
0: So okay, okay, okay. Here here's what I got. So if you're saying that if you're If you're if you're on the path of righteousness, you may still decide to you may still try to stray for the halibut, but you'll flounder. (laughs) He's right.
1: (laughs) I've never heard that laugh from you, Justice. That should be our new ringtones for all of our phones.
0: Get it? Do you understand? I it was need funny. to hear these words.
1: It was really funny. I can I can just assure you, know, you that there are several people at home just
0: rolling. You're going to make me throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the whole the whole uh, going or the whole I'm speaking in human terms thing. Like it was, it's something that I think about a lot. Like the whole idea of. People thinking that, and I, I, I think we've talked about this before, but the whole idea of people thinking that, uh, you know, God, you know, speaks to us as if we're, you know, equals to him. Like, yeah, you know, like he, we he, think but, the human like, mind is the highest form of intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, oh, God doesn't, doesn't water down his words. He doesn't baby talk us. Yes, he does.
1: He <laughs> you got to realize does. God has seen things and created things that if he showed you, your brain would pop. From the sheer majesty. And that's saying that you can even look at him. (laughs) Like you can't even look at God in your, with your one sin that you committed your whole life and live much less comprehend the things that he's trying to talk to you about. Yeah. I think that's, that's an excellent point. (laughs) It's another humbling moment that brings us back to, it's not about you. (laughs) And in verse 20, it says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. Why? You couldn't, you couldn't be righteous. It wasn't achievable. You cannot because you were slave to sin. But we see so many people who are slaves to sin who are literally killing people over being righteous. That I'm righteous. Believe me. Or I'm right here. Or you're wrong. Or I'm better than you.
0: Yeah. Honestly, the uh, early Christians really bungled up our reputation. Going forward how so well because they're all like oh this is how it's supposed to be done this is how it's supposed to be done this is what this is what i believe this is what and then all of a sudden while we we have we have all these denominations like this like slaughtering each other in a span of like a couple hundred years to the point where it like you know threatens to like you know shatter the very foundations of of europe as it was how early Christians are you talking about? Because
1: I mean, we're looking at the early Christians right here, and me and PJ read with Jacob the other day about early Christians in Acts one, and they early were Christians? early Christians, and they were in peace and harmony, well, I and mean, things like I'll, that. Like payment, more denominations is... is more of a more uh, new term. No, 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 no. That's not, yeah, that's because not before we no, all no, started no, off of no, the not. Catholic Church, which no, was
0: I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you there. It's that it is a uh modern turn but so you're talking yeah.
1: about like newer not newer
0: older church yeah like like the I, i'm saying like there's a there's a reason that uh, you know these uh these apostles had to keep you know writing letters to these different churches and stuff yeah yeah Just true like, well
1: to be totally fair like right away like everything was word like like just speaking other than letters like they didn't have we talked to me and jacob and pj talked about this they didn't have like a new testament to go to Mm -hmm. so to be fair all they really had was the old testament and what the disciples shared about jesus which a lot of them especially these these barbarians like they'd already heard of the old testament before and they kind of whatever so they kind of were just like, all right, well, we have Jesus now, so let's incorporate that into what we have. Because we read the Old Testament, and that stuff is kind of hullabaloo because it talks about all these laws and all this. And all they're saying here is, that's not all it talks about. It's talking about that to point to this. They're reaffirming the validity of the Old Testament, saying even Jesus said that the, old, that the scriptures are worthy for teaching and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: So to them... They were all just like, all right, well, we got Jesus now. Let's just live life like normal because they didn't understand that. That's why That's why these letters had to be sent out in a lot of ways. I mean, it makes sense because he's explaining these things further. But, yeah, I, I definitely well, not, am very upset at these people who will just, like, like, hold fast to one thing that makes them a denomination. Like, you know how we have... The Pentecostal, they're more, like, charismatic or whatever. And you have the Baptist, the Baptism, and whatever else. and, And you have the Episcopalians who only eat fish. And things like that, like... The things that they, like, originally are, like, normally holding on to aren't even necessarily wrong. But the fact that there's not this... This strive to, like, take it all in as a whole it's what bothers me the most because it's like, if you read the entirety of the Bible, these petty arguments that separate literally make denominations aren't, aren't worth arguing over at all, much less are they worth dividing over, you know? And by doing that, they miss that. And I'm not saying we're divided as a church because the truth is, is Jesus, the the church will never fail. Like people will fail. But we in our glorified bodies, the church, the truth, the church will never fail. Jesus's church is exactly where it needs to be. And yeah, right now it looks divided to many people and whatever. But the truth is, is it's still spreading like wildfire. It's still a greatly impactful message of hope and grace. The most impactful message of hope and grace. So I, I was in that same mindset for a while. And then I was like. Kind of brought back with another conversation with someone else, and you're and he was like, Are you saying that Jesus failed the church early on because of all the what we call separations denominations? And I was like, Not necessarily, I just think that there's a lot of division in the church. And he's like, Well, yes, but the truth is, yeah, yeah.
0: And for the record, I'm not, I'm not saying any of that either, and I'm not talking specifically about like the people he's writing, you know, letters to right here, but you know it's uh yeah later on it, it is I, sad we cannot be more united today
1: that's for sure it's a hundred percent sure however in the end will we all be united completely you better be, you better believe it <laughs> because these things this sin that we've been talking about this whole time not only does it not have dominion over us but it will no longer exist in us at all among us and will it will no longer be among us you heard it here first so,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. This is sort of an aside, but now it's sort of relevant. But I was talking about aliens with my dad the other day, and uh-huh. he he was he was saying that he believes that they're among us.
1: And, oh, us, gosh. and we
0: started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. We I should do
1: Because a- I have a very... Actually, I don't have a very depth opinion on that. I have... I think as Christians, we need to believe in aliens, because first of all, angels, that's pretty much it. That's all you need. God is not from Earth. He created Earth, which, yeah, makes him the creator, but it makes him from Xerthon nine.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. No, but (laughs) if we believe what the Bible says and we believe it to be true as Christians, we are already saying that there are aliens.
0: Yeah, we were going to have that as a topic a while ago, but we never. Are did. we saying that there's aliens on other
1: planets like living? No. Maybe a couple creatures, but none with intelligent life that aren't angels or demons, in my opinion. And I think the Bible backs that. So, but yeah. What do you guys have? Uh, we have the whole concept in verse 21. But what fruit? were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. This yeah. is bringing up, I talked about this in chapter 5 where it talks about, like, the cost and the reward for each of these ways of thinking. And I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts towards the end here. Do you guys have anything?
0: Yeah, he's just kind of like, putting all, pulling all stops here, trying to pull pull in out. this... Pulling out all the stops. Whatever. Say it with me. <laughs> He's pulling out the big shebang and yeah. it, uh, with this, and uh, just this whole section, this whole last section down here, because then he goes on and continues. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit of fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Yeah. Basically saying, uh, yeah, whatever sin you were doing, like if you were racketeering or something or whatever the heck, you may have been making a bunch of money, but that's practically nothing because, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just go with it. It
1: sounded intelligent.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let me have my, (laughs) my moment, (laughs) but, uh, here, uh, and then he says that uh, the fruit you get being a slave to God uh, leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about how, you know, living in sin and all this stuff, it's a void you can never fill. Yeah. 100%. But with God, but with, you know, walking the path of righteousness, walking with God, not only is it, not only his, is his grace sufficient for me but but through or but through him i bear fruit. Yeah, exactly.
1: You don't and the truth is is just kind of the concept here. Being a slave to sin, the cost, it costs you everything and the reward is nothing or death. Being a slave to righteousness, it costs you nothing because it's a gift and the reward <laughs> is abundant fruit and eternal life. Like you don't have to do anything. You didn't have to do anything. To get salvation, Jesus sure. did everything. You, you but,
0: got cut out you know,
1: That's fine, but how, how how far did I get cut out? That's oh, no,
0: Just like just like a couple seconds.
1: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, being a slave to righteousness costs you nothing, and the reward is everything—eternal life. Yeah, like all that. You didn't have to do anything for that. When sin, it's this constant pouring out, like Justice said, this void you can't fill, and your reward is death. <laughs>
0: Exactly. you will never fill
1: it and then when you die you will continue to never fill it for eternity Mm. (laughs) that's and before I think I made a reference about how that's actual hell on earth about whatever about being able to live forever in sin well actual complete and total pain and agony for eternity not only is it the only you're, you're just constantly separated from God but it's constant, just the worst thing you could ever imagine. And then some. So I don't want you guys to get confused that, like, hell is like this roaming the earth eternally, only being able to sin. I just want to clarify that.
0: Ghosts. So that, what are you saying?
1: I'm just saying that hell is not roaming the earth forever, only being able to sin. Hell is complete separation from God. And it is a place, too, that is complete and total agony for eternity.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that that I, I agree one hundred percent. I just uh,
1: yeah, no, I know I needed to clarify that. A lot of there's a huge amount of Christians that don't believe in hell.
0: Well, they're dumb and stupid.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> but they're still Christians. They still get. They're still going to take in that eternal life. But they, the problem is, if you miss that, you leave. lose the urgency to share what you have. <laughs> Because if you don't realize that it is the worst possible place, you have no urge to tell your family or friends or anyone near to you about Jesus. Because why? If hell doesn't exist, what's the point? Not okay. saying that God just created hell as a reason to come to him. He didn't create hell. We already, agree- we already addressed this. Hell is the place of his eternal judgment. We talked about this before, about how Satan really isn't the enemy god's judgment you're either in god's judgment or god's grace satan was the one that tried to coerce us towards god's judgment because god will judge sin and he will make all things right we talked about that too so if you take away hell you are taking away the reason to tell people to stop sinning well it's like why why would i stop sinning Well, first of all, Jesus loves you and he doesn't want you to. Why doesn't he not want you to? Because he doesn't want you to go to that place where it's terrible. So that's important. And that's why we need to get hell right.
0: So that's my story. Not really my story. Before you die.
1: Yeah. So, and it does all of that, like, sounds too good to be true. The whole thought of, like, being a slave to righteousness costs you nothing and is a reward, eternal life. But it's so good; it has to be true because even in our minds, <laughs> we can't come up with such a good deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like think, I, we still can't comprehend it as we say it. Just everything that it implies. But yeah, it's it's amazing. It's grace, and,
0: and the last verse ends it off like perfectly. I mean, in, in multiple ways. This is the further wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, yeah. And it's th- where the last one was talking about the fruits of one is nothing compared to the fruits of the other. Yeah. This is saying the wages of sin. In other words, what you're paid for your work in sin is death. But the free gift of God, it's not saying you're working toward God. It's God's giving this to you. You don't have to do anything.
1: Yeah. 100% also cool fact in verse 21 and 22 it talks about two different trees that produce fruit which is a cool reference back to Genesis where we had the tree of the fruit of knowledge and good and evil and then the tree of life so mm-hmm. just, just keeping with that theme throughout the Bible So you're either free from sin and eating the fruit of God and sanctification or you're in sin and you're getting fruit that leads to death so, yeah, you guys have your final final wrapping up thoughts.
0: Well, that was kind of my wrapping up thought. Yeah, you you also stole mine. Well, you know what they say, you ain't first, first your last. <laughs> I'm joking. That's just so his last me. for today, uh, <laughs> making him tonight's biggest loser. Yeah. I, I also I made a a a little face on a piece of wood for PJ and PJ can't recognize it as a face. He has oh. no concept of pareidolia. But yeah, so to sum up,
1: you're a slave to sin, slave to righteousness. If you're a slave to righteousness, stop going back to sin as though that's your task, as though that's the only thing you can do because that's such a lie and plus by you doing that, you're missing out on the opportunity of being used by God. Mm-hmm to bring other people from that to being a slave to righteousness. That's the reality of it. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I've never heard these concepts before. I just tuned into a random podcast. I'm from Malaysia. If you want to make that choice to no longer be a slave to sin, um, it's not something that requires a big ritual or you having to go anywhere or do anything. It's that choice. Of Do you believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Do you believe that Jesus died for you, took your sin on the cross, buried it, rose up, and can bring you to eternal life? That's all it is. If you believe that, welcome to the family. And if that is you today, hit us up on Instagram, please. We want to know. Yeah. We want to we we hear from you.
0: Yeah, we miss you. And it. if any
1: of you guys had any cool things that you heard from today or things you wanted us to elaborate on even further that we missed or whatever, please let us know.
0: Or if you just wanted to yell, us, yell at us about something we said. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or if you had questions, like something really confused you, feel free. We will love we would love to talk to you guys. And also, like we said before, we're going to start doing two of these a week. So, be ready.
0: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah.